if I'm gonna have cancer, I might as well use it. So if I can play a cancer card and get a dog, nobody is gonna say no to me, right? I'm Phil Hatterman, and you're listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, Father Alan Fan tells us how his dog Daisy came into his life at the perfect time. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. You can support Rosie Fund by making a donation on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website, buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com, or buying our note cards featuring Rosie and Peaches and our shirts on barkyours.com. Links are in the description. Your donations and purchases help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure these senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but here are some popular levels. $30 provides a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog, and $100 covers their entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, even if you aren't looking for a dog. Watching and sharing the videos helps our channel gain exposure, bringing awareness to our cause and giving shelter dogs much-needed attention. Our free Rosie Fund YouTube channel offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Next time on Dog Words, Gretchen Dull gives hope to longtime fosters with the story of how Royal found his forever home. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder to adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today on Dog Words, we are delighted to welcome Father Alan Fan from the Crete Parish Sacred Heart Church in Crete, Nebraska. Welcome to Dog Words. Thank you so much, Phil. Glad to be here. You have a really interesting uh, outreach, the way uh, your your ministry mm-hmm. on social media, and I want to hear all about that. But that's just the tease. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself. How did uh, you become a priest? How did you end up in Crete, Nebraska? What's your background? I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. And my parents sent me to Sega Heart School and Church in Lincoln. And um, that's when I learned about who God is because I grew up in a like half atheist, half Buddhist family. Um, but they still sent me to a private school. And there again, just learning how to pray, who God is, and just fell in love with God. And I remember by like second grade, just I remember like always asking my parents or even my teachers to go tell my parents like, hey, can I become baptized? And they're like, no, just wait till you're older. So like in my heart, there's this desire for more, like to be closer to God. And at that age, uh, the thought of becoming a priest started to kind of just creep into my mind. But by like high school, I went to North Star in Lincoln. And by then... And North Star would have been brand new. Yeah, uh, it was like two years before I got there. Yeah. And there, didn't really think about becoming a priest anymore. At that point, I was like, I, I love animals. I just want to be a vet. 
But by the end of my senior year, I started to pray more, you know, during high school, I kind of like was on the fence about God. And, um, but by my, the end of my senior year, I'm like, no, like God is real. And I want to do something for him. I want to devote my life to his glory in some way, shape or form. But at that point, I was still thinking like, maybe I'll just be a vet, but then volunteer at a church or maybe like a youth ministry type of a job. But the more I started praying about it in college, I went to Wesleyan University and all my friends came up to me and they're like, well, you know, Alan, like we could see you become more of a priest and a vet. So you should pray about it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, great. And so that I don't think that's me- the experience of a lot of people. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're, that uh, gets your attention when your friends are telling you yep. at yeah. 19, 20 years old. Yeah, because it was definitely be not, yeah, not what I was expecting coming out of their mouths. <laughs> Usually it's like, hey, lighten up, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Enough with the God talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you should be. And again, you were at uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. So it is it is a yeah. private religious institution. So perhaps yep. a little more enlightened about God than if you'd been somewhere else. Like UNL or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, so I just start praying more about it. And it got to the point where, like, even when we went on, like, vacations as a family, I would go to a church, and some stranger would come up to me and just be like, have you ever thought of becoming a priest? And I was like, I don't even know you. No, what do you from me? Oh, man. And it would just happen on and on and on. I mean, there is this a little shrine right next to here in Crete. I remember like, okay, nobody is going to be at the shrine because it's just out in the country. Mm-hmm. So let's go out there if this is just some quiet time for prayer. And sure enough, get out there and I saw a car and I'm like, oh gosh, like, here we go again. Get over there and I see somebody coming out and I'm like, okay, just like say hello, have a good day and just walk past them and get to them. And he stops me and I was like, okay, I guess I'll have a conversation with them. By the end of the conversation, he's like, well, I'll, I'll let you go and pray, but have you ever thought of becoming a priest? I was like, dang, <laughs> you out here. I can't get away. He's like, all right, Lord. I, I can't. I tell me something. <laughs> and so I eventually just said yes. I think it was like that following year I said yes. And I, I entered the seminary in 2011 and was ordained a priest in 2019. And then my first assignment was in Seward. And uh, that's where... And we have listeners all over the world. So Seward is just west of Lincoln. Like, uh, yeah. Further away than a suburb, but close enough that, you know, there's people who live in one and work in the other. So it's local for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a little neat town. And the, the church there has so much green space. And I again, I've always loved dogs. And that year... I have always felt like this pain in, in my like abdomen and I've gone to doctors before and they're always like, Oh, you know, you're a young person, you're strong, your levels and everything is just perfect. So we don't see anything wrong. So I was like, okay, well you have the PhD. I don't. So I'll just take your word for it. Um, but 2019 was the last time I was like, okay, enough's enough. I don't feel good. I'm just going to go in to the doctor one last time and just be very adamant about it. 
So I went to my doctor in Seward and I just asked like, Hey, can we just, can I get a colonoscopy? And he's like, looking at me again, like every other doctor, like why? <laughs> like your perfect health. I'm like, can we please just do a colonoscopy? Like something is off and there has to be something in there. And if not, then at least I know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure we can, but I'm telling you, there's not going to be anything. It's like, okay, fine. Well, as long as we do it. So we did the colonoscopy. What was it? Like September, 2019. So I was ordained a priest May, 2019. So it wasn't, you know, much afterwards after ordination, but then my doctor, like I was in my waiting room during the colonoscopy results and he came into my room and he immediately just dropped to the floor and he's just like, father, I am so sorry. And I was like, oh, okay, like, what I'm is not happening? doing confessions uh, this yeah, week. I'm, right? I'm yeah. off. <laughs> but uh, he's like, oh, this I've done like hundreds of colonoscopies before. And I know cancer when I see it and this is cancer. And I was like, well, now we know and we're going to get through it. And he kind of just looked at me and he's like, did you hear me? Like, I just told you you had cancer. And I'm like, I know, but we're going to be fine. Like, we're going to get through this. Afterwards, he's like, okay, well, just wait a couple of days before you tell anybody because we just want to make sure that the results truly confirm all this. And I was like, okay, that's fine. By October 1st, he called me and he says like, yeah, results came in. It's colorectal cancer. So we'll just have another appointment and just get a game plan for you. And I was like, okay. At that point, uh, in my mind, I was like, you know, if I'm going to have cancer, I might as well use it. So if I can play a cancer card and get a dog, nobody is going to say no to me. right? And so I went um, the day that I had my port put in. My friend drove because they're like, you're going to be under anesthesia. You can't drive. I was like, OK. And the entire day, that whole entire morning, I just kept seeing pictures or stickers of dogs. And there's this one car where I kid you not bumper stickers of dogs literally covering the entire body of the car. <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? And then I was just talking to, um, and by now you've learned to really listen when God is telling you something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like I used to kind of brush you off God, but okay. A dog. Yes. I was yeah. already on board. Yeah. And now you're throwing it in my face. So here we go. <laughs> Making it really easy for me. And my doctor's like, you know, you're like during chemo, you're not going to want to walk, but you're just going to have to get up and just fight through it. And I was like, so getting a dog would be a good idea or a bad idea. And she's like, oh, it would be a great idea. And I was like, perfect. I'm sold. <laughs> and I told my friend who drove, I was like, okay, um, there's a store in Lincoln called the Pet Doctor. And I'm like, let's just go and just see, right? And we get to there and it was just like a, a five minute drive from the doctor's office. And once we parked, I was like, okay, wait, let's say a prayer. <laughs> All right, Lord, if you, if you want me to have a dog, let there be a golden doodle and let there be a discount in your name. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in and there's one golden doodle left. I was like, okay, here we go. 
And um, the lady working there, she's like, uh, do you, do you want to play with her? And I was like, Oh, I would love to. And so we get into this little room and I'm just playing with the dog and I didn't say a word to the employee and she walks by and she's like, I'll give you a discount. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so at that moment I was like, okay, God, like you're, I asked and you answered. So I have to commit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had my friend take a picture of the dog and I, and, um, sent it to my pastor. Cause I was just the assistant at the time. And I just sent the picture with just the words, can I keep her? <laughs> and then in parentheses, I have cancer. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I had told him beforehand, so he kind of knew. But remind like, him. Yeah, right? Before yeah. You, before you say no. Yes. But then, like, after after the fact, like, maybe it was um, a couple months or a year later, he told me when I had sent him that text, he was with his friends at lunch and he showed them the text message and he's like, how do I say no to this? And they're all like, you don't, yeah. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> he has cancer. You just can't, you have to let him do it. Yeah. And so at that moment I was like, all right, that's a done deal. And I had asked my friend there, like, what, what name should I name this dog? Meanwhile, texting my other friend, like, Hey, I'm getting a dog. What should I name her? And they both said Daisy at the same time. So I was like, okay, right. I'm not going to ask yeah. questions. I'm just going to go with this. <laughs> so just named her Daisy and um, brought her back to Seward. And that was, uh, I never really had a dog like puppy before. So that was very interesting to train her. I had watched all these videos before. So I was like, okay, I think I understand. There are things I didn't expect, but I was like, okay, we're going to roll with this. And one thing, for example, like, you know, the following year COVID happened and shut everything down. Meanwhile, I was trying to get her scheduled to get spayed, but then COVID shut everything oh, yeah. down. So I had a dog in heat and I was like, I'm, I was not expecting this at all. I don't know how to function right now. <laughs> well, also um, with COVID coming, you had your colonoscopy in September, mm-hmm. another six or seven months later, even though you were advocating for yourself, I could see a doctor saying, you're a healthy young man. And uh, since we really don't see any other signs, let's wait till after COVID and then we'll get your colonoscopy that they would have pushed back a little harder than they would in September, 2019. Yeah. I don't know because, because they were really shutting down non-emergency treatment, okay. testing, and, and really the only reason you got a colonoscopy is because you said enough is enough. I got to have this. And he was mm-hmm. like, okay, this will, if this will shut you up, we'll do the colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah let's but do it. By March or April of 2020, it, it would down. not have been unexpected for a doctor to say, father fan, I understand your concern, but I don't see the value in a colonoscopy and risking COVID exposure and spread. We really need to focus on this pandemic mm-hmm. circle back in two weeks. And then uh-huh. every two weeks for the next three years, they would mm-hmm. be pushing you right. off. Yeah. I think maybe 
because the cancer was stage three, they were concerned that it would spread further. But I don't know that so you would have gotten the colonoscopy. That's true. Yeah. Well, praise so God. I, you kind of got in just under the wire there. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Never even thought about it that way. So again, thank you, God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good way to remember that. I mean, that's just very beautiful, like how God is just always showing, like, hey, I got things under control. I got you. Yeah, yeah, like, I have worry. a calendar too. Yeah. I know how this works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now you are kind of a shelter at home with a young dog in heat dog, and yep. uh, going through cancer treatment. And of course, the schedule for your parish is kind of impacted by COVID. That you're not meeting in person, so you're making adjustments there as well. So really, what is your life like at this point? Like as a priest, like what is like a day-to-day basis? Just a whole basis? combination of shelter at home, get cancer treatment, yeah, raise thing. a dog, yeah. adjust um, my professional life, because everything you had trained for up until then for how you work as a parish priest or assistant to the parish priest yeah. Is that out the window? Yep. It was definitely a very difficult time because I was like, I don't even know what to do anymore because I would try to like celebrate mass or do something for the parish when I felt good. It's just whenever I had chemo, I told my pastor, I'm like, okay, whenever I go for chemo, just plan for me out for the next five days because I am just like bedridden. I am nauseous. I'm dizzy. Like I can't get up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yep, I can work around that. And then when, you know, the nausea kind of went away, then I would like start to get back up and get a little bit more active and try to get back into celebrating mass or again, whatever needed to be done around the parish. What I try was to Daisy walk- like during those five days? I would actually have my friends take care of her because I was, or some of the days anyways, I would be too afraid that she was going to jump up at my port and accidentally like pull out mm-hmm. my, uh, the chemo. And I was like, I don't want to chance <laughs> that happening. Cause I don't even know what would happen. So during chemo infusion days, for three days, I would find a friend and they would, or a parishioner, and they would take care of her and then bring her back. And during times when I was just sick, uh, she was a good comfort dog. You know, most of the time she would either lay next to me um, and just let me pet her. Other times she was not so nice. <laughs> she was like get her squeaky toys or whatever and just jump on me like hey like you've been laying down too long like get up let's go play which was nice again like a good reminder like i need to get up and fight this but other times she would give me her toy and i would just throw it and like not now but then as i throw it i'm like now she's gonna think we're playing fetch (laughs) great (laughs) you know but thankfully she's always been a pretty calm or quiet dog when it's just her and I (laughs) when she meets somebody new she goes psycho for about 15 minutes and then starts to calm down (laughs) is it stranger danger I'm protecting 
My oh, human no. or is it, I have to show off. Look at what I, I can do. Yeah. Look at my toys. Look how pretty I am. Yep. She thinks she's a princess and she's like, I am the center of attention. Pet me. Love me. Stop what you're doing. Focus on me. Yes. I guess during those times since, you know, I didn't really get too far away from my room and just be like, all right, Daisy, what kind of tricks can we learn? <laughs> and just teach her the standard sit, lay down, shake, roll over, bang. And then, you know, she plays dead, but she's like the happiest dog that is playing dead. Cause her, you know, she's got a smile on her mouth and her tail's still wagging. I'm like, I don't know how to make you stop doing that. So we're just going to go with it. It's still a good <laughs> and, trick. Yeah. Right. It's adorable. Everybody's like, Oh, and beforehand I was like, okay, as a priest, my dogs probably learn how to pray in some shape or form. So I taught her, you know, if I say pray, and I put my hand out, she'll put her paws both in my hands. And generally she won't let go or move until I say amen. <laughs> and so thankfully she picked that up within like five tries. Cause I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to teach you how to do this thing. Also, when I was in college, I saw this one video online of a dog doing uh, a truss fall. And I'm like, if I ever get a dog, my dog has to learn how to do a truss fall. And so I started just trying to teach her to do that. And it took like maybe a week for her to get comfortable to kind of just fall back on her back like that. But she did it. And so that's probably been my two favorite tricks. Got to teach her during that time. One of the many wonderful benefits of having a dog that perhaps people overlook is the mental benefit you have that people are mm -hmm. the emotional benefit of just having this other creature that loves you unconditionally and just touching it and it looking you in the eyes and but the mental problem solving of figuring out how do i break this trick down into parts yeah. How do I teach it one step at a time? What is uh, my end goal and working back from that to what it can do now? How uh -huh. do we get there from here? And especially for what you were going through with like chemo brain yeah, is a real thing. And uh -huh. so here's some mental stimulation yeah, that doesn't involve, because if you're nauseous at all, reading a book or watching a movie mm -mm. doesn't work. Nope. Last thing you ever want to do. <laughs> but you can't even focus. I couldn't even focus. I'd be trying to read anything. And, and then like five seconds in, I'm, my mind's already wandering about something else. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing this. <laughs> I've read the same paragraph 10 times. Yeah. It's not doing me any good. I'm going to put it back on the shelf. <laughs> Let it collect some dust some more. <laughs> so Daisy becomes both your companion and your part-time nurse. And yeah. uh, she's also now become a bit of a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. So during COVID, when truly everybody went to quarantine, my pastor and I were talking about, okay, how can we still reach our parishioners in a way to just still give them hope? Uh, that this is not the end and as bad as everything and crazy and scary as things may seem, we're still going to be okay. And so we started doing these online reflections and at first, you know, we would take turns 
every other day for the weekdays. And I would do it. And at first it started with just me talking, but then every time I would upload him, like, man, this is so uncomfortable just looking at myself talking. <laughs> and at that point I thought, you know, everybody would love to see a dog. They won't want to like see me. And so, and plus if I bring in the dog, it'll take the attention off of me. It won't be as awkward. We'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So I introduced Daisy and people just loved it. And so I was like, okay, perfect. I'll just keep doing this and just let the focus just be on Daisy. And uh, at that point, it was just literally uploading videos onto our church's Facebook page. Eventually people started saying to me like, Hey, we love your devotions. And so that kind of started giving me the name of Devotions with Daisy. When I was in Seward, it was still just, you know, just uploading videos. But once I got moved to Crete in 2021, I kind of took a break because I was like, okay, maybe I'll just leave it as a Seward thing. And everybody would just ask me like, hey, we know that you took a break because you're moving, but when are you bringing it back? <laughs> I was like, uh, I wasn't thinking about that far yet. I uh, kept praying about it. People kept on asking. And then once people here in Crete started asking about it, I was like, okay, fine. Because you guys are asking, I will bring it back. And I was thinking, okay, like, let's have a catchy little you know, name for it. It went back to Devotions with Daisy. It kind of just rolled off the tongue. I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so just uh, made a little Facebook page of its own. That way I can just throw like anything about Daisy onto that page. Everybody can find that one. And so we've been doing that ever since we just upload one video per week to kind of just start off the week. We just every Monday around like seven or so, depending on if Facebook will cooperate with me, <laughs> sometimes it just won't load. Mm -hmm. And these are brief. It's not a, like a, a you're not uploading a mass. It's no. just a devotional. So it's yep. four five, yep. six minutes long. Yep. Just a little talk. And I try to incorporate, you know, something ordinary into letting it be as a reminder, like, Hey, you know what, like th let that be a reminder for me to pray. You know, like for example, I try to do it around Daisy if possible uh, in any way, shape or form. So I used to incorporate tricks into it to lead into like how it relates to us. Or maybe like even refilling her dog bowl with water or food, you know, just like, okay, sometimes we're empty, you know, just as a human, when we get to that point where we feel like we're losing everything, we start to panic and we think we're breaking, but instead just be calm because we know that God is always going to fill us in our time of need, in a place of need. And so we never have to really be afraid because we know God is always going to be there. You know, it's just something like super simple, short, and uh, and then we end with a prayer, and everybody just loves watching Daisy pray, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we end it that way. Now, you described uh, earlier training her to pray. Those who watch the devotional will see that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Demonstrated, yeah. she yeah. does just what you're describing. She's yeah. in a prayer posture, uh -huh. and is patient and waiting for amen. Yep. Yep. Every once in a while, she'll like maybe have 
seen a squirrel at the window and I'll like have to hold her paws in my hand because I could feel her tug. I'm like, no, nope, we're not done praying yet. You God sent a squirrel. Father, yeah. God sent a squirrel. Yeah. Come on. We I gotta go now. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh she's an adorable little thing and sometimes she'll just be panting. So I guess I've never really rewatched towards the very end to see like how loud her panting really is. But everybody just, nobody's ever said really anything about it, but um, they do say and comment, like they laugh at just how quiet she can be sometimes during prayer. And then other times where she's panting or sometimes I make my videos like late, late at night because I, you know, the, what we do is we record it on Sundays and then post it on, on Monday. And some days like Sunday, I'll just be so busy or like, we're just on the move and I'll wear her out like my walks or we go to the dog park or something. Mm-hmm. And at night we'll make, sometimes make videos in her face. She's just like about <laughs> to pass out. She's just like bobbleheading. I was like, you can do it. You can make it. It's okay. <laughs> just got to make it to the prayer. Yep. And then, and then you say, we say amen. And then, then you can go to bed. What which a, is so, yeah. What a good girl. Because she usually never sleeps during the day. Like if I'm there, she's like, I'm not taking a nap. We're, we're either playing or something. And if we ever visit friends who have dogs, she wears out the other dogs and they will pass out and she'll lay next to them. Eyes wide open. Like, are you going to play with me next? <laughs> like, like Daisy just lay down and just go to sleep. Like, I wonder if your cancer treatment kind of put her into a protective mode. Oh, and if yeah, I never if thought you're about awake. That. I need to be awake. Yeah, I'm on alert because they're so empathetic. That yeah, they sense I'm here weird. to watch mm-hmm. over you. Yeah, you know, there's a side to these I never even know. Thank you. <laughs> That's Everybody why always we call this dog me. words. Right? <laughs> we always ask like hey how is how is daisy during treatment i was like well on the days when she didn't jump on me or wanted to play all the time she was great <laughs> when uh, yeah. when we first adopted rosie for whom rosie fund is named we'd only had well we were only fostering her at the time and we'd only had her for a few days when i got like a 24-hour bug i don't know who's flu or food poisoning but i i just had to lay on the couch say like, i don't want to move i just need to lay here <laughs> and this dog who'd only known me for a few days she would sit with her back to the couch right up against the couch Aww. and just like on alert she was a australian cattle dog staffordshire terrier mix and she just looked like she was in cattle dog mode like, yeah, you obviously need your rest. I'm going to keep an eye on things. And she would uh, just sit there on alert, just sort of scanning the room, looking toward the window, looking toward the door, just knew that's what she needed to do. And awesome. uh, I think maybe even as a growing puppy, Daisy recognized, mm-hmm. I have a responsibility here. Mm-hmm. This person has given me a home. I mm-hmm. owe them. At least whatever guard dog ability I have. Oh man, she gave me tough love too. That's for sure. Like, get off your keister. You've been laying down mm-hmm. too long. 
doctor's orders. You got to walk responsibilities and she was not going to shirk them. So Daisy sounds like is living her best life. She's doing well. How are you on uh, your cancer? I had surgery in 2020, the summer. And so had all my cancer removed. And because I was born with a genetic mutation that causes polyps to form, cancerous polyps to form, specifically in the colon, So we had to remove my entire colon and a majority of my rectum and then connect my small intestine that way. And so it took about a year to really recover from that. But ever since then, I've been in remission, cancer-free. So praise God for that. And just been feeling so much better since. The the mutation that causes the polyps so that was only in the colon so without the colon is it you're optimistic that this shouldn't appear in any of your rest of your digestive tract yeah since there's still some rectal tissue left my oncologist and surgeons have said we'll have to monitor that tissue left because it's so close to the colon that the genetic mutation can still be active in that tissue left over And it also makes me a little bit more susceptible to every other types of cancer. So that, you know, we'll do scans every year to just be on top of everything, just to make sure that it doesn't come back in a different way. Well, Mm -hmm. certainly you will be in our prayers and we hope the best for you. And the Facebook page that the devotions are uh, posted on, that will be linked in the description for this episode so people can check that out they can follow you and regardless of someone's religion or faith your messages that you share are are universal about being a good person taking care of yourself caring for humanity and whether that brings someone closer to god or just closer to their own humanity mm-hmm. i think there's a benefit to to following you on facebook and kind of the, the candy coating is is Daisy is in every episode. Every single one of them. <laughs> that people will get uh, to meet wonderful, sweet Daisy. Father Allen Fan, thank you so much for your service to God, your service to the community, and for being so generous with sharing Daisy with the world and sharing your time with us. So thank you for being on Dog Words. Thank you again for asking me. It's been a great honor and really glad to hear about your podcast. Now I'm going to follow. <laughs> I've never heard it before, but I guess I really don't spend too much time on podcasts, but now I will. Like this has been such a great joy. So just be interested to see all your other episodes. It'll be exciting. Well, now the, the pressure is on me to make sure that they're all worthy <laughs> of oh, that. I'm... So check us out. This will be your gateway to following podcasts and, uh, reminding our other listeners to download and subscribe and most importantly, share dog words with your friends so they find out about all the wonderful information that we make available. Thank you again, Father Fan. No, thank you. It's great. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Father Alan Fan for joining us today. A link to the Devotions with Daisy Facebook page is in the description. Next time on Dogwoods, Gretchen Dole tells us how longtime foster Royal found his forever home. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires 
featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule at thewires.info, and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Join Laurel and Sasha as they explore new music and delve into the inspiration behind each work as hosts of Sound Currents on 91.9 Classical KC. Click on the Sound Current links in the description for more information. Go to rosyfun.org to shop and get links to our social media. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions via the contact form at rosyfund.org and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening to Dog Words, and remember, we save each other. (laughs) 